Hi, and welcome back to The K-Hole. I'm Merritt K, and joining me this week is Fanbyte featured contributor, Funky Joseph. Hey, I, I fell down the K-Hole. I'm you here. Fell, you fell down the K-Hole. You <laughs> fell down, you tripped in the vineyard. <laughs> yes. And now you fell into the K-Hole. Um, now, the vineyard is a project that you were doing, I think maybe still are doing, on and off, about... Mm-hmm internet the history of internet videos or the history of of vines specifically yeah um i wanted to make a a web show about like videos online just in general um like started with vines and kind of just broader things solving mysteries and and interviewing people about their practices uh but yeah i'm i'm i had to stop production for a while because school was killing me um but i had to uh, get back into it just now and I have some cool stuff lined up which I'm excited about. Cool. Now the first one that you did was about the um, back at it again at the Krispy Kreme video yes. right? Now can I ask how old you were when, when that came out? 2013. I was 15 years old. Wow. Oh my god. That's so yeah. interesting. You might be the youngest person that's ever been on this show. No um, way. I might be misremembering someone, but I think you might be. So that's really interesting to me because then that is the equivalent. I'm trying to think what the equivalent for me is of videos that I saw when I was 15. And I think it's probably like, like the zero wing. Um, someone set us up the bomb. You know that old one? What is one? that? See, yeah, you don't even know that one. <laughs> That's um, all all your base. Are belong to us. All your base are belong to us. That's um, that's one of the earliest internet kind of what we would now call like a viral video. Ah, I know that as like a meme from memebase.com oh. from middle school. Yeah. Now, did you ever go on newgrounds.com? I did. I did. Okay. So that was still a thing. How about um, YTMND? You're the man now, dog. Yeah. I I didn't go on that, but like I looked that up after because I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah. Um, it it was not great. Mostly, I mean, <laughs> it was an it was a song over an animated background. That was what we thought was like. You know, we didn't have streaming video really. I guess so that was sort of the best we could do. Um, but I'm curious, like something I've seen people talk about, I've seen, I've seen people talk who are like in their early twenties, um, or sometimes even late teens about the sense of nostalgia for like the two thousands and like, oh, oh, stuff was so much better in the two thousands and 2010s. And like, is that something you, you see or like you feel yeah, I I I do feel this. Like I follow a page called like Y2K Aesthetic Institute, which right. kind of archives a bunch of just design things that happened around 2000 and 2001. Uh, and it's I, I don't know. It's such a strange and specific aesthetic of like going onto a spaceship. It, it reminds me of Space Channel Five. Um, that yeah. kind of whole ordeal, but like. People were building restaurants and hotels and like yeah. doing fashion all like that. And I, I think that's just super fascinating. I I 
was on Tumblr and I just always just like go down and, and dive and just read about those. Cause it's like, I, you don't see buildings like that, especially where I am. It's just like all square brick. Like you look like the Chipotle or the McDonald's and you just ship out to a different place. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was two when it was Y2K and it was 2000. So I don't have like a nostalgia for it, but it, it's still a thing where like when I was like seven or eight, like I had things from the 2000s, uh, if that makes sense. Like those little dogs, uh, like e-dog things, you know, the ones that are like, yeah, (laughs) they like waddle around. Um, but yeah, I do like, I, I have a soft spot for that era. Like it, it, it's very cool to me. Yeah. I, um, I know a lot of people who, who do, and, um, it bleeds into like, recontextualized 80s aesthetics as well with vaporwave and um there is this this nostalgia for that that period i think but what's interesting to me is like it would be it would be normal i feel like if the nostalgia was mainly from people who are like in their 30s or 40s um because you know um they would have been in their teens or 20s um at the time but it's interesting to me that there is this kind of nostalgia or like this this sort of like interest in that time um, or even into the 2010s, which to me don't, aren't really a distinct era, I guess, maybe because we're not that far out of them. And I was already kind of an adult. Um, I think I I feel like there is a 2010 era, though. It's like social yeah. network, iPhone like just uh, yeah, like a lot of apps. people. A lot of people would agree with you. I think. I think for me, mm. what it is is just that because I was already in my twenties, like this was sort of just like I don't know. The twenty tens kind of bleed into the twenty twenties. Um, yeah. To me, but like there are people who were very very young around these times, and to them, it's like oh, this was oh, everything was so great back like, you know, in the early 2010s, like like kids today don't know how bad they, or like how, how how bad things are, like how good things used to be. And it's like, you're still a kid too. Like, that's yeah. so funny to me. Like, it feels like things have just kind of gotten faster um, they, around all that stuff. They definitely have. And I feel like I, yeah, people around my age definitely have started to realize like eras because when, when i was younger i just heard my parents being like oh the 60s 70s they're <laughs> though back in my day like that kind of talk but i i feel like when i and a lot of people i know talk about uh like the 2000s it's not like a oh things were better back then uh-huh. like it was it was amazing it was more like dang like that was super weird and no one's really talking about it like we've just moved on so quickly from it but like that moment I think was cool. Um, and a lot of the stuff that was going on there was like so specific and you can see how it all builds off of each other. Like it's in, in these archives and stuff, you it's you you see how it progresses and see how it changes. And yeah, I, I don't, I hate when people are like, okay, this old era was the best. It's like, dude, you're alive right now. Like, just get over it. Like, <laughs> let's, let's keep moving. But yeah. I think it is nice to like look back and, and take that in. Um, because yeah, I mean, those are years of your live lives and I don't know, I think they're important to reflect on. And I think just in, in a cultural sense, like it's good to be like, be able to identify what was going on in, in those eras. Like I feel like, yeah, the 2010s were super, at least when I was, when we were all through it, I was like, okay, this is just, I can't think of any discerning qualities of this. This is just like 
super normal to me. But now that it's 2021 and like shit is so different <laughs> from the 2010s. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even think it's going to go back to that. Um, so it is like, I, I feel like the pandemic also, I got, I got really into like late nineties and early two thousand stuff. Cause I was like, oh, these errors are like, once they're gone, they're gone. Like <laughs> they're, they're so specific and then they disappear just like that. It's weird because, yeah, I feel like the internet has made, like, awareness of this stuff easier. Like, previously, you would either have to, like, read a book or watch a movie or, like, talk to someone who who was there, you know, or remember (laughs) when you were there. And now it's like there's so much documentation, like, from everyone because everyone is taking pictures. Everyone is tweeting all this stuff, like... There is just so much more material to like to look through and just like, you know, see a YouTube video that someone posted in like 2010 and come back to it in 2020 and be like, oh, this was this was the day. This was it, you know, Xbox, mm-hmm. Xbox 360, that was that was it. And it's so interesting to me, um, being someone who's a little older, being like, oh yeah, I guess that is how it always works. But it's really interesting to me to think of people thinking of consoles that came out when I was in my 20s as being like, oh, the classic gaming days of PlayStation <laughs> 2 and Xbox 360. That Those were my, like, gaming days. I know, days. Like, I know. That, that's so funny. Like, the first... Uh, I don't know. I played a lot of Nintendo when I was a child, but, like, I didn't... I don't think I was, like, into games. I was just like, okay, this is a console. I'll, I'll play these. But then, like, the first console I got for myself was the 360, and I got Halo 3 because I played it at my friend's house. And I was like, this is awesome. You're playing this guy and there's already uh-huh. this like lore behind you. And I, I knew none of that. I was just like, okay, I get to play Master Chief and you get to play the alien dude. Um, and we just played through the whole thing on Legendary. I was like, holy shit, video games are cool. And there's so many of them. But yeah, like th- those were my first times like playing games with people and and forming those bonds around like, Bioshock and, and oh, wow. Halo 3 yeah. and yeah those are like my first ones that I really remember so that's where you kind of got into the whole medium that's where I f- I fell in yeah I, I that's when I started like listening to podcasts and reading about video games like I remember I got the official Xbox magazine and I was like whoa like people can write about video games <laughs> and like that's their job um and now I'm like doing that, like doing content around that. And it feels bizarre. Like, I, I don't know. It's freaky. Yeah. I mean, how does that feel though? Like, is that, is it, does, does it feel real or like? Um, not at all. Like we do a daily call every day uh, at Fanbyte and I'm, I'm just shocked because I'm like, oh, these people are legends. Like, <laughs> I've, I've read their work and I've, like, consumed their content before. Uh, and it's just very cool to be collaborating with them uh, on a day-to-day basis. Mm. But, yeah, it, it honestly still feels like a dream. But I'm, I'm really happy with what we've been doing. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. It's, it's when, I, when I think back about, like, the magazine days, I know there's still game magazines out and 
they're still doing well. But when I was super into them, it it feels so different. Like yeah. everything now is so much more rapid. And it's like, all right, we got to get this up right now. We got to go, go do this. But I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish I could have gotten into the industry when it was like more print or online was like less saturated and YouTubers mm. and streamers weren't a thing as well. Um, but I mean, that's like a part of the job, like figuring out how to navigate the space. But can you believe it used to be like once a month we'll publish everything? <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense I, to me. I think about that too because I, I read some some game magazines as a kid and um, I, I, I never feel like something about the internet has just never never felt as like concrete or real to me um i think because i didn't grow up with it like from a very young age like we had aol when i was pretty young but like i didn't grow up with like internet being the dominating factor in everyday life that it is today and so like i think back about these magazines and like wow that was that was that was it they were like really doing it they would like mm-hmm. put together a magazine and they would like send reporters out to places to cover stuff yeah and they would write these weird features and these people didn't seem like real people to me. They seemed like just like, I don't know, like faceless, like um, characters. And some of them were characters. Like some magazines just invented um, these characters like Sushi X in um, in EGM um, mm. or, or gave their, their reviewers like, uh, you know, like fake names and things like that. But um it, it feels different. Like it, it. I guess it just doesn't feel like the same to me. Even, even like, you know, public access TV. Um, when I look back at that, when I see clips of it and stuff on YouTube, I'm like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's just what Twitch is. That's you can do that now. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't feel the same somehow. Um, no, because everyone can do it now. Like right. back then, it's like you really wanted to do it. Like those are like the people that like had this idea in their head and they're like, I really want to do this. And not many people are doing it. It's not as accessible, but they they pushed for it. Right. And yeah, those public access clips, like I feel like they circulate around Twitter every once in a while. But just the most bizarre shows that were just going on a weekly basis, I'm assuming. But yeah, th- those those hit. Have um, you seen um uh Raw Time? <laughs> Raw Time, yeah. Yes. That's one of my all-time favorite videos because um or one of my all-time favorite Colin shows because so Raw Time was just like this this video show. They would play music videos and then also take people's calls. And um, if you watch it now, it's basically just like this. Mostly, it's this this one girl, um, and she's basically a streamer. Like she's basically doing streaming yeah. before it was a thing. And it's just so fascinating to find like these examples of people. Who were like so far ahead of their time? Seriously, and I, I, you, you hit the nail right, right on the head with that. She is streaming, like she is like it. She's having a dialogue with YouTube commenters. It, it, it's like in in those raw time clips, people will call in and just like talk so much shit to her face, like just call and say, "I hate your show." Like, oh, it they're sucks. horrible. Yeah, and and it those comments like drip off of her. Like she's wearing a raincoat. Just like, she doesn't care at all. She's like, okay, bye. Like, thanks for watching. Thanks for like getting the views up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interesting relationship, but yeah, it's the first 
the one of the earliest instances of like wrangling with that fan base that is like so unwieldy, but they still watch your content and they still like want to know what what she was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I have that too sometimes of, of feeling like, oh, I wish I had been like, you know, I mean, I was around. I was around in like the Y2K era. I just um I look back and I'm like, oh, I wasted my youth, you know? I was I um, you know, didn't have a lot of friends or like I was really really quiet or dealing with stuff so I wasn't able to like go out there and really enjoy it but like I'm probably projecting <laughs> like I'm I, I, I think I think like there you can make too much of that um and what's interesting to me about stuff like vaporwave and stuff like city pop is like they rely on that feeling of like oh if I had been there or like if I had been there but like <laughs> a little bit older and been able to like really just appreciate it you know yeah. I yeah, I feel like that and also I get that feeling from AOR, like soft rock or yacht rock. I'm like, these dudes are just chilling. Like they mm-hmm. were maximum chilling. I don't even know what it was like, but like I can imagine something with that music. Like I, I listen to a lot of um a lot of vaporwave and I don't know, Spotify's calling it some next shit now, like retro wave or, mm-hmm. or synth synth retro or something. But yeah, I I, I love all of that. Uh, city pop adjacent instrumental and with vocalists i think it just it's it's happy music and it's to me it's summer music because i remember a Mm. few years ago uh i was really really into soundcloud like all of my friends were and like the artists that were popular at the time were just future funk and city pop artists like and and vaporwave as well but basically Mm -hmm. people who ripped old 80s 70s even 90s tracks and kind of flipped them um, and some people flip them like to an insane degree, but some people also just slowed it down. Um, but they all sound good. Like whenever I'm listening, I'm just like, dang, this is some chill music. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's good at eliciting that feeling of dang. Remember back then that the time I don't remember, <laughs> it was great. It was yeah. Cool. It's so funny that music that is like, cause I, I don't know, older music has, like, always done that for people, I think. But then, like, something like Vaporwave is, like, trying to create nostalgia for something that, like, never existed almost. Like, yeah. oh, if only I was, like, you know, in this, uh, like, there on this rainy night sitting in my car in Tokyo or whatever, like, that would have really been it. And it's like, <laughs> well, I'm sure yeah. you've been in situations like that. But, like, you just don't recognize them as being, like, important at the time. It's always, like, you're, like, looking back, right? And mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I never really thought about it too deeply, but that is that is kind of the feeling. It is imagining, like, a world. Like, when I listen to Vaporwave, I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm cruising on, like, a checkered street. And there's, like, I'm on a one, one road and, like, there's a, a sea on either side. Like it's just splashing waves mm-hmm. and the sun's out and it's like an auburn haze in the sky and I'm just chilling. But like that doesn't exist. And there's there's like Greek statues floating mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the space. But that's like a, a, a mental spot to chill in. There's also something, I guess, vaporwave adjacent. I, I've gone th- down so many YouTube holes just listening to like mixes and stuff. But there's like this wave of corporate vaporwave or like business <laughs> vaporwave, which feels just like parodying 
80s business culture because it's like not as fast paced. It's super chill. It's slow, but it, it bores a lot of the soundtracks and the horns and a lot of that aesthetic mm. of even just like the pictures of the malls and stuff. Um, but yeah, I sometimes I listen to that when I work. That and house music. Mm, that's that's mm-hmm. all. <laughs> now, like, yeah, the like malls are a really big part of that aesthetic from what I've seen. And um, I'll sometimes like I'll load up a video of just like someone walking around a mall in the eighties mm-hmm. or nineties and be like, yeah, that that was <laughs> it. That was it. You know, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, just like But that's that's so funny cuz like the person who's there in the mall is like I got to get some fucking toothpaste. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like they're not like oh the 80s is awesome. Right. This footage has been like repurposed as like, like you know, it's just it was someone making just like home video footage, probably just like hey, let's just go out and just um shoot some video of us at the mall. And uh Yeah, we got a new camera. We got a new camera. Let's test it out. Um it's not like we're we're memorializing this moment because it's so important but then you go back and like people have like thrown some filters over it and like yeah put like a sick soundtrack to just like walk you on the mall and you're like god if i could do that now that would be and like you can (laughs) go to a mall still but it's not the same right it's it doesn't have those stores um and i think it you wouldn't feel that way like if you could do the thing right if someone was like no we have built this mall that is like like this like has all these old stores and stuff and and it plays Hell this kind no. of music it would be like this feels fake and horrible yeah it's about imagining also i had like the ghost of christmas future when you were when you're talking about that i was just thinking of like the next era when people are doing that with like tiktoks and mm-hmm. like ninja streams of Fortnite. like take me back <laughs> Take me back to take, when Ninja was playing Fort. Take me back to the Ninja Drake Fortnite. Drake, yep, yep. Take me back to that night. Like, God, that is going to be very scary, and was, I think I'm going to be shocked. That was the peak of culture. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll happen to you one day too. Is this, it I will. mean, this happens to everyone, and I think it happens quicker and quicker now that social media has just accelerated all this stuff. I loved Vine. Like one of my first jobs was making Vine compilations in a basement, and it turned into like a, a more official job later. But I just downloaded so many of those in my brain. Uh, I just loved how it was so brief, and yeah, you could just and everyone was making the most random content on there. Um, but TikTok is kind of like the ultra Vine version, like the perfect cell version of Vine. Um, because it does all of that, but it like has an algorithm that works scarily Mm. and like better than any algorithm I've ever seen, like 
to, to judge per- people's tastes. And it also like, Scott, like it has a formula for virality that Vine didn't have. Like it feels like TikTok's like, okay, this is the one. Let's run numbers up on this one. Um, in a way that Vine was more random and more just like the public was choosing what was exciting. Um, where now it feels like you, you're you're in this algorithm. You're going to get only videos that like kind of section off to these traits of your personality. Mm-hmm. And you're going to like just get trapped in those like echo chambers way more often, which is, I, I it's just bizarre to me. Cause like I talk to my friends about TikTok. I barely use it, but they use it way more than me. And all of their TikToks are different. Like from, from cooking, like well, one of friends is all cooking stuff, like all recipes. Another is like all makeup. Another is all video game stuff, like VOD reposts. But it's like, you are, they don't see any of the other stuff. Like the VOD watchers don't watch the co- the cooking ones. It's just such a huge landscape that it makes my brain explode when I even think about it. Um, like I, it, it, it doesn't feel quantifiable in a way that the older video watching software did to me. Um, yeah, but that's the time be moving. Yeah. Time, time be moving ahead. Time does move. Um, the era of time and all that, but yeah, TikTok is, is weird like kind of feels like kind of impenetrable like it's this black box of just like i don't know like I, I don't know how this works there's like some yeah like you said some algorithm running that's deciding like what i want to see and uh yeah i wonder about that stuff sometimes like i um i kind of wish you could like i kind of wish internet browsers had like a uh a way to like view web pages as different people like it like um hmm. i want to view this site as like you know like a, a parent in their 50s <laughs> who has these interests and see what kind of ads you get you know oh, like yeah, yeah. because all of this stuff like everyone's experiences with the internet are so individually shaped now even google results like are obviously personalized um and so like i think we don't really realize that all the time that like what we're being shown is being you know like catered to us but i hate that so it's, much like i hate no, that in my bones it's bad it's 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 like it's like taking that personality out of profiles because like profiles on almost every platform now are universal you can't really customize how your page looks in a way, like when I was was when I was in high school, I used to like edit Tumblr blogs a lot. Like me and my friends would just do HTML stuff, and all of our blogs looked so different. Um, and Tumblr, yeah, like they were so about us and and personalized, but Tumblr didn't have that data, like to advertise to us in a personalized way. Like it feels like a complete reversal of that. Like they took the yeah. personality and and they just put it into data, and now we have like these cardboard cutout profiles. Like Twitter profiles suck. Like, it's so boring. Like, you have a profile picture, a cover photo, and a bio. Come, like, get me a pillow, bro. I want, a, like, <laughs> a, I want, like, a little mascot I can move around or a GIF that, like, you can click on to get to my about page. And then, like, maybe there's a soundtrack there from a game I'm playing right now. And, like, that plays while you're reading my about. It, it just, it's so much more sinister. And, like, you read more about data and, like, surveillance capitalism. And then you click on, like, 
accept to the terms and conditions every day and you're like oh well i'm screwed anyways like they got my face they got my like what i care about yeah we're just in it like i don't know it feels inescapable as well yeah i think i think that's another reason why people yearn for that period before that really happened because Mm. in the 2000s that wasn't really like well established yet and i mean Facebook wasn't really a thing until, you know, the mid to late 2000s. Um, Same with Twitter. And yeah, stuff was much more chaotic and and sometimes ugly and sometimes, you know, not great. But it was less uniform, which I think is basically a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and. Twitter and Facebook existed in the late 2000s, but I feel like they popped off and like became pillars of online in 2010s. Like those, like, I, yeah, it's hard for me to think of an internet without Twitter now, which sucks because like that app, that app sucks. Please verify me because I'm, I'm using it, but that app sucks. Like they, they introduced something called Twitter blue today. Did you, did you see that? No. It's like pay $3 a month to undo your tweets. Oh my God. And, and shuffle your Wait, bookmarks. There's already an undo button. It's just deleting the tweet. Just delete the tweet. Like what? It doesn't even make sense. It's, it's not like an edit button. It's a, just an undo, but delete that. Like, And they're definitely going to get people who are buying that. And yeah. it's going to do well. And then people are going to have to stop posting. How is this app free? Because it's not, and we'll have, <laughs> have to pay for Twitter gold. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter emeralds. Um, yeah, it's weird. Like, I feel like I read something a while ago that said that most people's internet use is like confined, for the most part, to like a very small number of sites. Um, that like sites like Twitter, Facebook, Google. YouTube are like by far they're they're like people's mm-hmm. homepages, right? And like I don't know, homepages have been a thing for as long as there has been like an internet, but like I feel like my homepage typically when I was a kid was like I don't know, just like some like forum or like a game site or like something and um yeah. and then in like a typical you know, online expedition i would end up at a bunch of different places like i would end up at a bunch of people's personal like angel fire or lyco sites and um i I feel like even just having a personal website is much less common now than it Mm -hmm. used to be because like what what do you need it for right if it's just for advertising you already have social media um but that used to be the whole thing and people tried to bring this back with um with neo cities Um, in the 2010s, which was like, I don't know if it still exists, but it was like an attempt to basically bring back personal GeoCities-style websites. Did you Uh, ever see this? No, I didn't. I feel like this would be something that you would be, you might be into. Um, Check that out. Let's see if NeoCities still exists. Oh, no, it it shut down. And, uh, oh, no, no, sorry. GeoCities shut down. (laughs) NeoCities still exists. And, okay, um, perfect. Yeah, so it's basically just an attempt to do, to bring kind of bring some of that back. 
Yeah, I was I was reading uh, this book, Trick Mirror, by Gia Tolentino, and she was like writing about her experience with Web 1.0, and mm-hmm. that was just like, whoa! I, I I can't I can't picture going and just using a computer for like a personal blog, like just using it like a notebook, I guess, and then going about my day. Um, because we're, yeah. we're so t- tied to them now. Like I gotta, I'm on there for like work and then I'm on there for fun yeah. too. Cause like, especially with the pandemic, it's like, what, there's nothing outside, <laughs> like there's parks and stuff. And I go for runs and walks and try to like chill when it's safely. But yeah, most of the entertainment is, is on the, on this big old block. Yeah. I am. Um... The way that I talk about it is the internet used to be a place that you would go to or like you say, like a diary or something that you open up and then close. And um, Oh, that sounds so satisfying. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, Imagine it was just that. it was just different. It was like it was just different, right? Like, um, but you know, like I, I had dial up internet growing up, so you couldn't be on it all the time because you would take up the phone line. Um, and even when you got high-speed internet that wasn't going through the phone line it was going through cable or whatever um you know you just had a family computer there were no smartphones so you would you know have so much time to to be online and and have to make the best of it and you would just be you know on like live journal or neopets or or whatever and then you would be done and you would sort of put it away and then you would go back to quote-unquote real life Mm -hmm. and um a lot of people just like didn't understand. Like I would tell my parents like, oh, I'm playing a game online with some people. And they're like, what? Like, what What do you mean? <laughs> like, who are you? oh, you're playing a video game? Like, yeah, with people online. Um, and they just didn't really get it. And now it's like, the internet isn't a place you go to. For most people, it isn't like a place that you go to or like a, a notebook or a diary. It's um, just like another layer of reality. On, on top of the to. physical world. Yeah, yeah, that you are... It's like, you know, in a, a game or something where there are, like, two dimensions that you can switch between. It's kind of like that um, with, like, the physical world and, like, the internet, except they are a little closer than that metaphor would imply, I think. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's definitely like the medium, that game, where you, like, shift between reality. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, it... I feel like when I was in mid-university and I was like, I hate school, like this sucks. And I was just like tweeting all the time. And it was just like on Twitter way too much. Uh, I I didn't mind like that, never having to be disconnected. But I don't know. I, I don't use Twitter like that. And I don't use social media like that as kind of like uh, a way to let off steam anymore. It's just like, I use it for fun. And like, I only really want to share happy things and when I'm excited, mm-hmm. um, or if I think it's very important. Um, but yeah, now I'm just like, I wish I could turn it off. Like, I wish I could like if Twitter work, like, okay, I'm on now in the morning or something. And then when I'm off, I'm just gone. Like, don't, don't look. Because it feels just like you're leaving, you make a post and then it's there. It's like a little breadcrumb online Mm. and it's there 
and like people will react and see it and like have emotions based on it. But that's like an hour later. It's like, you're doing something else. It's just so weird to think about. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't even, it, it feels, I feel like your parents being like, you're playing a game online. Like the, people can always see these things. Like they're always there and you delete it from Twitter and it's still there, like in the Twitter archives. Yeah. It, it feels like futile to resist, but at the same time, I just don't like it. Like, I don't know. It, it, it curates a culture that is toxic. I, I don't know. Everyone's just fighting on Twitter. It seems like, it seems like people are mad or fighting, but you also need to use the site for like jobs. Like I fully wouldn't be here if I didn't have Twitter. That's crazy to think about. Like I met people through Twitter and streamed with them and like, met up with John, the head of media, and Nikki, and then started doing stuff with Fanbyte. But that was all through Twitter, which is a great thing. But like, I hate that that's how these things can happen now. Like, I wish it was more like you have that personal website and stuff, but now it's all like work, fun, everything tied into this one uniform uh, profile. Yeah. But I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully there's there's more people and people have a chance to innovate with that format once a behemoth like Twitter is like squashed or something uh, or implodes on itself. But yeah, right now it's kind of the same. Everything's very samey. Well, I think that's like one of the worst things about all this stuff is like the way that, you know, everyone thought like, oh, okay, well, technology is going to liberate us and like the internet is going to to really change how things are done and you know make our lives so much easier and like actually what's happened is that uh we we have been expected to work more and more and the boundaries between uh, personal and professional life have become blurred to a really scary point where yeah like you know we're expected to like, it's like, Oh, you know, it's great that we'll be able to, you know, talk to each other without being in the office, because that means that we can have more flexible schedules. When in reality, what that means is like that you have to be available all the time. Um, and I, I, yeah, it's, um, having to present yourself as like a consistent person. who's like, this is, yeah, this is my account where I, uh, I do, you know, do professional stuff and also talk about my hobbies and also talk about just like, you know, whatever I'm up to. It's yeah. like, that's a pretty new thing. Um, and it's not how it, how it used to be for quite a long time. Um, and there are pros and cons to it, but I think it feels, mm. I think it can feel really restrictive. And I think it also means that people contributes to the sense that people are like, oh, I need to figure out exactly the right way to like to frame myself and to like present myself to the world like this is exactly who I am across across all these different like arenas (laughs) when the reality is that like no we are all very different people two two different people and like in different settings and we change all the time like uh, especially when I was freelancing heavy I was like thinking about Okay, editors from these sites follow me. I don't want to look like a dumbass, but I also want to just tweet some dumb shit sometimes. I don't know. Like, I, I, it, you kind of have, like, at least in my head, sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know. I have to think of all the audiences. 
like I'm I'm speaking to because yeah. it's like a, it's a mesh of personal uh, public work as well. Like it's it's all in there, and and yeah, you you kind of have to morph yourself into this persona of yourself for online, which is not fun. But then there's also like private accounts. But I feel like it, too often people fall into the trap of just like going full doomer mode on there and mm. just like like just, just like being the most toxic ever because no one can see it or like only few people can see it and i don't think that's healthy at all either like it, it it's a solution people do but i don't know if that's a healthy solution either like it, it i don't know i i have no answer for how it could be better but it should be it definitely should be to have a private Twitter account and I stopped using it for exactly the same reason you're describing, which is that I just sort of, yeah, it really was really, really negative on there and realized like, okay, well, this isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's having the opposite effect of what it should have, which is people think like, oh, if you have a space to vent, then you'll feel better when when really what it did was make those feelings feel more real because I kept repeating them to myself and um also you know my friends were seeing that stuff and like yeah you know um it, it wasn't great for them either and not to say that like you should never like you know express any negative feelings like that's not what I'm saying but just like just doing it unselfconsciously and um, yeah, just it not, becomes a recurring thing. You're yeah, speaking it into existence as well. Exactly. Thinking about it more. It's about being conscious about what the effect of speaking, of, of doing that stuff is on you and on the people around you. Because if it is just making you feel worse, then like you can make a choice to, to, to do that in a different way. And it may not be easy, but like I, it's better than the alternative, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I noticed that it just felt like a, a pool of like trauma bonding and i was like i don't yeah. want to contribute to this like and i was i was doing that and like it's you like make a post that's i guess kind of negative or super negative and then like your friends like it and then there's like validation for being negative and it creates that cycle of like ooh twitter like let me post this again cuz it got twitter like um that like happens in everyone's brain um so now i've i i use a private but i tweet like it's like it's 2010 Twitter, like mm -hmm. on my way to the Dorito, <laughs> like <laughs> the, the sun's up. Nice. Like just real basic shit because I don't know, like I, I feel like we should value those moments more. But now it feels like every post needs to be biggest post ever. Like this one's got to pop off. Um, It's like a grind mentality that's hidden as a fun social media platform. Yeah. Yeah, all of the like 
the little like expectations of like how you're expected to to present yourself and behave of like oh everyone is sort of expected to do this self-deprecating bit and um mm-hmm. you know if you don't then you're either unaware of like the rules and people get upset at you uh even if they don't know why they're getting upset mm-hmm. <laughs> or you're like you know arrogant or something and um I, I I don't know that like we we talk enough about like the the kinds of ways of of talking that different platforms have like imposed on people and not necessarily because of like the structure of the platform but just like the the kind of conventions and stuff that, the social yeah yeah the social conventions that arise around it like on Twitter I feel like there very much is. And it depends on your group too, right? Like th- these things vary a lot, but like in certain groups, mm-hmm. it, it is sort of expected to be um, self-deprecating or like ironic and to- I hate that shit. Like, why are you doing that? Like, why? <laughs> like you don't need to do that. You don't. Yeah. I, whenever I see something like that, I roll my eyes. I'm like, who, why do you want to like embarrass yourself like this? Like, it feels like you're framing it as well. I, I don't like it. It's, I get, I mean, I kind of get it. And like, I, I sort of do some of that too, of just like this kind of like, you know, um, ironic stance on everything because it feels like it is kind of like a doomerist approach in a way, but it's also just kind of laughing at everything. And like, yeah, that can be helpful, but it can also be really paralyzing. Yeah. In moderation, it's definitely good. But I do think that that tone yeah, it kind of like profiles how it's how it's all very stiff and in the same thing. Twitter's tone, yeah, is is either super aggressive or yeah, super ironic. And I think that's those are fine, but when it becomes like a thing that it's like okay, you're you that tweet does well, so you want to do it more subconsciously or something, and that becomes like a routine that's happening all the time. I that's not fun to me. Like I I go back like to other social medias like Letterboxd and uh, Tumblr and Pinterest. Like those are so different. Like the voice on there is so different. Even Tumblr, which is like posting, it's it's a lot of I don't know people being like silly and stupid and like everyone's in on the joke. Whereas Twitter feels more exclusive and like I just thought of this and it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, I miss like like making a joke with my friends on tumblr like i would say something they would reblog it and then i would reblog it or something and then that is the post Mm -hmm. rather than a thread it's like one like that thing is the thing that gets spread around uh and i think that's way more funny like and it's i i like going on social media for for the fun of it and like i like to follow funny people and i just the jokes don't hit as hard on twitter because it's like i don't know i want to see people doing it together like it's it's fun to laugh together rather than like point and laugh at something with a quote retweet or like self-deprecate like laugh at me kind of thing i just feel like those things do well and they perform well on twitter but it's like okay (laughs) oh my god i gotta see this and and when you're using twitter for different reasons too like if you're using it for work at a certain time or you're using it for fun and then you see a post from a different section of your life there. Mm. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. 
I, I see a lot of people fall into like certain kinds of traps around posting stuff um, where it is just like, oh, I got validation for this thing. I will repeat the thing. Um, but without kind of thinking about what that is doing to them. Um, and I think it's it's worth examining that stuff because, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can use social media, but I feel like you should be doing it consciously um, and not just, you know, if, if you want to get numbers, I think asking yourself why you want numbers is useful um, mm -hmm. because you might find out that the answer is, uh, well, it actually has nothing to do with with actually wanting numbers. It's that I want something else, and this is a like a substitute for that. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And I remember people like used to be very excited about Twitter, um, like in my friend groups and stuff. Like we used to be like, "Oh, Twitter is so cool," but now it does feel like a collective. Oh, well, we're still here. Mm. Like, I mean. Where else are we going to go? Um, but yeah, I try to use other social medias. Like I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, but Letterboxd is fun because it is honestly just my friend's opinions on movies and then my movie log and my opinions on movies. It's like so simple. I can, I can put that in a box. I, I even bought the like subscription thing, like the, the yeah. Letterboxd Plus. I was like, this is a nice platform. I want more things like this. So I will... Pay for that instead of Twitter Blue, which makes me undo tweets. <laughs> I think Letterboxd is a really underrated social network because it is so focused on one thing. Um, and you do get really, really, truly incredible posts on there sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them more intentional than others. But uh, yeah, I, I use Letterboxd and I, because I, I have gotten really into movies in the last few years. And, um, it's it's fun to not really like I don't even really post when I write reviews to Twitter because they're usually very short and just like a couple of sentences of me goofing around about a movie. Um, and I have like a much smaller following on there and it just feels like, oh, this is just a fun site where we all talk about movies and how much we like movies and no yeah. one is being a total sicko. And that's not true because there are people who are um, total sickos on there, but you're less likely to just like get something out of context. Like it's less likely to come across your like your timeline or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like no one's like quote tweeting reviews and being like, this uh, guy this, sucks. How I could you I think that? I can't believe this. I can't believe someone <laughs> said that. Uh, trying to think of a single movie. I can't, I can't believe they said that Simone Simone was bad. I, yeah, I love it. Cause like I got, I got a notification like last night someone liked my review from like a year ago like someone like one of my friends just watched that movie and then logged it and i was like oh funk i read a review and then clicked on it and then read it and i was like that's a fun feeling like i don't know i <sighs> trying to think of how to really because like twitter i don't i don't know who the hell's seeing any of my stuff right it's, it's out yeah. there it's public it's like letterbox i know that it's mostly my friends and like some people that follow me on Twitter that care about my movie opinions, but like, yeah, it is a smaller following than Twitter, but it, it feels more, I don't want to say wholesome, but genuine of a, of a connection between these people. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's very fun because it's, 
it's great to me when like, like like I watch a movie and I go log it and I'm like, oh, my friends thought this. That's funny. They would think that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's su- that surprised me. Um, but it's just like a basic social interaction where it's like you post a tweet, you accidentally click tweet analytics, and you're like, what the hell? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> these people saw this because like people see something and not everyone's liking it right like you you don't have like a trace of that interaction i guess and that's like on a mass scale in comparison to, to letterbox or or pinterest the other one which is just like photos um yeah it just feels more confined and relaxed less high paced also watching movies is like a great break from video games which are, <laughs> also, are often like like the one I, we just like did a preview on today, near the world ends with you, is like, and then like so many things are on the screen. It's like press, 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 press that button, do that, do that, interact, interact, interact. And movie is like, I'm chilling, mm-hmm. like it's on. <laughs> I'm sitting down. I don't have to like do anything. I like that. We can we can wrap up there. Um, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online? <laughs> if you yeah. want people to find you online, um, now everyone find me online <laughs> on Twitter, the site that we're all on uh, at Funky Fly. That's just where I post the stuff I'm doing. Um, don't look for me on other social media, but yeah, check out my letterbox. I got my name Funky letterbox.com slash funky so check that out for for movie stuff yeah maybe you'll have a uh a geocity site for people to take a look at soon too i yeah i will play around with that actually yeah you should i'd be really excited to see what you do with it thank you thank you for showing me this neo cities i have never heard of this it's got a little cat as the icon this is great oh well um yeah, thank you again for coming yes, on. Yes, thanks for having me. Bye. I'm going to I'm I'm climbing out. Okay. I can't hear you. I'm going to keep Bye, but have fun down there. The K-hole is a fanbite.com production. Hosted by Merritt K and produced by Jordan Mallory. Follow Merritt on Twitter at Merritt K. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan underscore Mallory. For more information on the way things used to be, go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or visit podcastnet.work.